Lost in the Long Box is sponsored by Gateway Comics and Toys. Gateway is located at 2368 Plank Road in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Our website is gatewaycomicsandtoys.com where you can find more information about our store, including hours, new releases, and specials for the week. Our social media is under Gateway Comics and Toys as well, so you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. To Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, September 9th. Um, I'm your host, Rando. I've got my co host here, Enos. Good evening, everyone. Tommy. Everyone. Uh, Olivia. Hello. And Madman working the boards. Say hello, Madman. Hello, I'm working on it. Um, so, uh, as we are again going here, I noticed that we've still got the um, old intro. Madman. Yeah. Um... Yeah, we can talk about that later. Okay, cool. All right, so uh, how was everyone's la uh, weekend? That's yeah, pretty good. We had uh, a breakfast for dinner tonight, so the entire house still smells like bacon. So that's <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> so um, I, I know that a lot of people out there couldn't make the movies because theaters haven't reopened in some of the, the states. But I went to uh, see uh, New Mutants Friday. And? I actually like it. Now... Uh, I, I will say that, yes, it's a very simple story. It's not anything groundbreaking. Um, they primarily focused on um, Danny Moonstar's Demon Bear. or uh, Yeah, Demon Bear from the, uh, the, the first arc, like uh, New Mutants 1 and what have you. But, yeah, I mean, they went more of a horror story. It's Yeah, I mean, it's not a great movie. A lot of the, the MCU fans aren't going to like it. But I thought it was a nice change of pace from the regular X movies. So... I liked it. I, I was okay. And then Saturday we went and saw Bill and Ted face the music. Uh, wait for disc. Okay. So I, I have. I, 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 I what Tommy? I kind of had that feeling when I saw the preview that it didn't it didn't knock knock me uh knock me out. So I was like I'll I'll wait for streaming for that. Right. I mean it was a couple of funny parts where we you know we both snickered, but it's like yeah it's okay. I probably should have just waited for video, but you know it is what it is. The original. I mean, at this point. Right. It's just be just be happy to just get in a theater and watch a movie is where I was. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. <laughs> All right. What else we got? Anybody anyone have any weekend news they want to touch on? Uh nothing really in particular. Right. Yeah. Because after Friday night mine was shot. All right. Well, I'm about to say, let's go let's just jump into the news items, shall we? Um Chadwick Boseman died at the age of what was it, forty five? Forty three. Forty three. Um unfortunately from colon cancer. Um, that was an actual shock to me. I didn't even know he had colon cancer, and I guess uh, a lot of people um, in the general public didn't know. No. Um, yeah, he, he, got, he, kept he kept that very well hidden. He kept it very private. Apparently, he's had it for, you know, since, was it 2016? 2016. 
2016. Right before, from what I understand, he was working on Civil War. So he did all the Marvel movies and several other independent ones that were not in the MCU, while uh, which is while incredible when you think about it. Right. Yeah, while receiving treatment. Right, because I think I read he'd even gone through um, some chemo and surgery, too, during all yeah. of this. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just shows you what kind of... Um, I don't want to say courage, but what kind of fortitude he had that yeah. he goes through all that and he can still, because, you know, shooting on a movie set, those are not small days. I mean, those are 16-hour days usually right. at a minimum. No so. doubt. And it, it's it's tough. You know, it, it, it's hard, especially especially with his physical role as what, you know, like the Black Panther was, you know, it's it, it couldn't have been easy. Right. When I meant to look this up, because I was curious, I mean... Uh, I know it's kind of a trend in the MC movies that a lot of the actors do their own stunts. I meant to look it up to see if he was doing them because, I mean, that'd be even more so hard on him because Black Panther is certainly a very physical role to play. Right. Even just the training to look the way you need to look to play Black Panther. I mean, that was intense in and of itself. Well, that's, you know. Right. I mean, even if he wasn't doing, like, any of the really hard hard stunts, it was it was tough. It, it would have had to have been tough because. Yeah. He would still have to do a lot of physical stuff, even if he wasn't, you know, doing the really tough stuff. Well, you figure every actor <laughs> in the MCU has to get buff and ripped at some point. So yeah. can you imagine right. if you're if you're an actor, one of your dream roles is a Marvel movie because you know you're going to get a personal trainer for eight months. Right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, all right. Um, well, let's talk about the band's uh, impact. Um not just on on the Marvel movies, but on um, African American youth, because I I know there's a, a lot of um, young boys and girls who are just you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're destroyed by this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I got that that I'm sorry, I didn't get, but one of the things that amazed me, Randy, when we were growing up, the only black heroes that were out were Luke Cage. The Falcon, Storm, and Misty Knight, and right. some other, and, and Black Lightning made his way in 77. Right. And then there was Tyrock. I was going to say, don't forget Tyrock of the Legion. Say, and Tyrock with the Legion of, Legion of Superheroes. And on the average, and uh, I, I have to mention this, even though it was lame as I don't know what, Black Vulcan off the Super Friends, was, which was nothing but a knockoff of Black Lightning. Right. Yeah. Uh, Chadwick Boseman gave a new generation of kids their first look at a superhero who was black. Absolutely, yeah. And one of the things that that I absolutely loved about this, it wasn't just black kids that were affected by oh, his no. passing. Because I don't know, those of you who are friends with me on Facebook know, I posted pictures of all of these children who had taken their action figures. And and children are amazing. When you, when they have a wherewithal that just makes grown-ups baffled. Now, these children had enough knowledge of life to know that that man was gone, and the impact he had on them, and he they had all of their figures gathered around the fallen their fallen Black Panther figure, and the children were in tears with the Wakanda Forever, um, so, you know, gesture. And when I went to see this movie, 
the thing I, I loved about it was for two hours, there was no strife. Yep. There was no bickering. Right. The movie theater was quiet so you could hear everything. But what I love more than anything else was afterwards when you saw when you saw people in the lobby after the movie, blacks, whites, Latinos, every Asians, single flavor, every, every single, single flavor. flavor. Everybody was in the lobby. They did not leave the movie theater. They were talking about this movie. Right. And my thing is this: if we can be civil to each other for two hours and be civil in the wide open in the lobby of a movie theater and was brought together by a black superhero. Why can't what's wrong with us? Right. And and Bozeman gave us it 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 really did a number on me. I'm not gonna lie. It brought me to I, I actually when I was cool up until they played all of the stars by Kendrick Lamar at the end of Black Panther. Because mm. I love that song. I shed a few tears then, but I really shed tears when I watched him give the commencement address at Howard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. What a remarkable man, and what a tremendous loss. But if I have, if, if I'm allowed, I, I got one more thing to say on that. But I'm gonna leave. But I'm gonna let everybody else have their talk. Their say. Um, in reference to the impact he had on me. Go for, you hit it. Go for it. Okay. Chadwick Boseman, whether you guys know it or not, has changed the changed the um changed the game. Was a game changer in Hollywood as far as acting was concerned. He's because he, at the risk of his own career, questioned the images that were being presented to people. Here's something that y'all don't know. He was on a soap opera called All My Children. His character was supposed to be a criminal or thug type character. He asked, why does he have to be this guy? Well, he comes from a broken home. Why does he have to come from a broken home? Well, his father, why did his father, why does, why does, why does he always have, to, why do these guys always have to be without a father? And he made an impact. The irony of the, all of this is that not only did he make an impact on the producers where they changed the character, they fired him and brought in another actor, Michael B. Jordan. Wow. I didn't see. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And the guy who replaced him was the guy who was his adversary in one of his biggest films, and probably, and, and he was broke, about because, broke up about the passing, of course, because of the impact that he said, for you, I'm going, I'm just paraphrasing. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to, I'm going, I'm going to live life and what have you. And every person that Chadwick Boseman played was a first. Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. Thurgood Marshall. First black Supreme Court justice. James Brown, one of the most revered entertainers in show business. And Black Panther, the first black superhero in the realm of comics. I love that you brought up the other movies. 
because yeah. everybody's talking about Black Panther, Black Panther, and I'm thinking the guy has some serious dramatic roles. Yeah, you, you guys need to get. Don't get me wrong. Great Black Panther, but you need to get off those roles and look at the fact that he was what an accomplished actor he is. Exactly. And if you have not seen Get On Up, God bless you, because you are going to watch that movie again and again and again. He did the Godfather of Soul proud. And I love the fact that he they did not and Mick the you know that Mick Jagger executive was the executive producer on that film. And they made sure that they showed James Brown's flaws as well as relishing his glory. Which is uh I don't want that's not par for I don't want to say par for the course, but that seems to be with the new biopics, they don't shy away from showing the right. faults as well. Right, mm -hmm. because, and, and that's a good thing because these folks need to um, see that these are people too. And they they're need to be humanized. Wrong. They're humanized, exactly. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. But Chadwick Boseman has now changed the, changed the game in Hollywood because of the quality of roles that he had. And you're right, um, Randy, he will not be remembered just for Black Panther because my sister loved him as James Brown. She said she never watched a movie so much in her life many times as she did. It's that good because because one of the things I loved about Get On Up, it was just like Ray. I had to keep telling my he portrayed oh, Jamie Foxx. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, because yeah, and, movie, and yeah. I think you guys will agree with me. Once you got into that movie. You had to tell yourself that Ray Charles was no longer with us because Jamie Foxx right, nailed it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Chadwick Boseman. I'm trust me. If y'all don't trust anything else I say, all right, I'm gonna have to go okay, uh, oh, add that to my poll because I haven't watched it. Oh, oh yeah, and trust me when I tell you, when you start watching that film, you're not gonna see Chadwick Boseman. You are gonna see James Brown. All right, I'm gonna put it out there. Okay, um, so, I think that that's that's just a testament to his acting skills. Absolutely. Um, I think Tommy tried to mention this earlier. It's like the only thing I love more than comic books is baseball. Yeah. And so uh, his performance in 42, because I think that Jackie Robinson was also a another black man who broke barriers. Yeah. And, and just if I were if I were a black guy and I was offered that kind of role to play somebody like Jackie Robinson. Right. I would be so honored, and the only thing I could do is not do a poor job at it. Exactly. Right. And instead, he just <laughs> he knocks it out of the park. Even more so. And also, you, last Friday was Jack Kirby's birthday. Yes, I saw that too. And he, um, um, it's amazing. But I'm going to make this one point and I'm done. Somebody on the Batman page, when I put up, Ow. uh, this weekend, feel free to post your memories and what happened. I saw that. He was like, why are we putting on a yeah, Batman Yeah, it, it, it was like, why are, he said, I, uh, why is, is a celebrity's life any different than any, I don't think their life is any better than anyone else. And you saw my response. And I told him that for the same reason that, that your life would be special if you died. I was like, I'm not going to get into the debate. I'm going to let Enos handle it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and well, he didn't respond. I mean, what else was there? Because it's the same thing. You got you. I don't care if they are a celebrity. If you, if that person, somebody loved that person, and plus, if they made the impact that Bozeman did in the short time that he was with us, yeah, yeah, he deserves to be and much there. personal sacrifice too. I'm sure exactly. Absolutely. And he, um, when he he did something for serious, 
and there were two children who were fighting cancer in St. Luke, St. Jude's, mm. who were trying to hold on to see Black Panther. And those children didn't make it. Mm. Ha- and he broke down and cried during that interview. And how little did we know? Right. Because he didn't he wasn't telling anybody. Yeah. He's so, not out there yeah. screaming from and, the rooftop. And looking back at that footage now. I under it wasn't just the fact that he cried because it was a tremendous loss of those beautiful children. He was looking it in the face. Right, he, he knew it, he knew that his was around the corner. Yeah, yeah. He, he was visiting he was visiting children in the hospital while he was sick himself. I mean, exactly. Was, All right, so he was a hell of a man. Yeah, great loss to the world and not just comic book you got movies. That right. It's, well, if I might say just one more thing, I know you want to sure, move on, but sure. Um, <clears throat> You, you know, you can you could say that, you know, a celebrity doesn't matter <clears throat> in many ways. And you, you may have a point. However, if you if you get ans- inspiration from a Black Panther comic book. Thank you. All right. Don't you want to go look at the liner notes to see who wrote this story? Right. Who is who is the person behind the mask? Exactly. That is inspiring you. Mm-hmm. And I, you can't you can't just discount, you know, an artist like an actor or a writer or an illustrator, you know, you can't just discount that, you know, that comes from somebody's mind, Yeah. you know? And so if you play in a character that gives you inspiration, you know, absolutely that's, that celebrity deserves, I mean, it's not like he was Pauly Shore. Uh, Right. Well, and here's the, here's a, here's the other valid point. Um, Somewhere out there are people going, well, he was just an actor. There there are movies. Everybody get over it. Okay, fine. That's your attitude, your opinion. I can get that. But over here is someone who was going through a rough time, going through a rough patch, may have been thinking dark thoughts. And the one thing that pulled him out of the abyss was a Black Panther movie. Exactly. Or, or you never know, just because they may not have had a big impact on you and you didn't really like their work or what have you, doesn't discount the fact that over here, that was somebody's world that just collapsed. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So, all right, uh, let's get some... Uh, so we do have a couple other news items here. Um, Tommy... Um, did you want to mention the ones that you have about uh, Call Mom Spider-Man? Yeah. <laughs> it's non-stop Spider-Man. I uh, thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to die when I read that last night. Because I, I could just see Tommy laughing. <laughs> so, for those okay, of you... Well, let's, let, 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 let's, let's be honest here. Mom Stop Spider-Man would probably be a great title. <laughs> <laughs> so, apparently, guys, um, Tommy was... Um, voice dictating to his Facebook on what his message on uh, what his subject was going to be. So it was like new Spider-Man series, call mom, stop. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> all right then. Yes. But, but the name of the, but the name of the book is going to be called non-stop. Non-stop <laughs> Spider-Man. Oh my God. Yeah, mom, stop. Sounded so much better. Right. January of 2021. So we will be getting a new Spider-Man book that they say is going to be relentless action, epic storytelling, mind melding, and mind melding art. I want to I say they announced this once already, and it got pushed back. Yeah. Yes, it was. It was put. It was pushed back, and it's been pushed back to January. Okay. So you know, make sure you get out there and get Mom Stop Spider-Man. <laughs> Mom Stop. <laughs> in January. <laughs> also, too, and I I can't believe you're you're not hopping up and down on your soapbox. Um, the number of covers for Eternals coming out. Oh, we talked about that. Last week, I thought, what, what, we? what is it, 38, 38 of them? Covers. Yeah. 38 Are covers. you serious? Yeah, I counted it. I got my previews. I counted them the other day. <laughs> covers. Because, well, the news story I read said almost 
40 and it listed all of them. I counted it up and it came up to 38. Yeah. Well, I guess there is an entire generation that missed out on the X-Men number one thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, and it's funny because I was looking at the previews. So like, you know, I'm, I'm going to get an Eternals num number one, but I will be purchasing a Eternals number one. <laughs> just one. I will not be purchasing all 38. I will not be purchasing six or five or even three. Well, I'm, I'll be purchasing one. I'm going to buy one. You need. I'm going gonna... to buy one. Will you buy me the other 37? <laughs> I'm not going to buy the other 37 for myself. I'm sure going to buy them for you. And, and I think I want the Jack Kirby hidden gem variant. So, mm. but that's yeah, probably an expensive one, isn't it? I don't know. Um, Liv, are you going to have them? Y'all, you and the Reverend Ed going to have? I'm sure them? we'll have all of them. So, yeah, do you have I'm, any... I'm not quite sure exactly how many yet, but yeah, I'm sure. Do you have any Batman news this week? Yes, I do. Okay. We've got Batman Day coming up on uh, September 19th, and there is a lot of activities going on, being that it's a lot of it is going to be virtual. Uh, for example, DC Legends will celebrate the Protector of Gotham. Players log in on September 19th, will receive a special treat, and check out the store and unlock and boost their favorite superhero, supervillain with a promo sale. DC Universe Online will be celebrating with an in game Batwing form tr change trinket, free for all players. Uh, they will also uh, be celebrating with some exciting news that you don't want to miss. So, so maybe if you got the DC Universe app, be watching on on September nineteenth. You got some things coming up, and plus, you know, they're going to have the cartoons and everything like that. Stores will have books and everything. So, um, I'm going to indulge this year, hopefully, uh, because usually. Um, Batman Day falls on an off week where where money is low and I can't get nothing. Right. So. It's on a Saturday, it looks like. Yeah. So, so that's what I was gonna say. That's in two weeks. Two weeks. Um, so I'll remind you on the sixteenth, we want to mention it again so everybody remembers. Yes, sir. I just want to look it up. All right, so I have a piece of news. Uh, and this is one of those things that make you go, hmm. Mm. So I just read this. Apparently, DC Comics has announced that the former Activision Blizzard eSports executive, Daniel Cherry, is now a new senior vice president of publishing and general manager at DC. Now, he is a newly created position, it says here, too. He'll be covering business affairs such as editorial, talent services, marketing, sales, brand, and direct uh, consumer, uh, consumer affairs, what have you. Um, Jim Lee's jobs are going to be changing, basically. Um, so I have two issues with this. Mm -hmm. Number one... Did DC just not ask a bunch of people because Warner Brothers cut funding and, and cut a bunch of jobs? I do believe they did, yes. So whose table did you just take food off of to create this position? Because mm. if you just ask a bunch of people, why are you hiring someone in what they said a newly created position? Okay? My second problem with this is, it says here that he was previously the chief marketing and innovation officer for the NHL's New Jersey Devils and that he was like um, in Activision uh, eSports division. Great. Fine. What is your comic? Uh, I, I was getting ready to say. Where you, is your so, comic So basically experience? what you're telling us, they not cut off, cut all these jobs just to bring in a fool that doesn't know a damn thing about comics. So I, I and it said Jim Lee's um, roles are going to be changing. I have a bad feeling that... Jim Lee's got maybe six months left to him, but but we'll see. Just when you, you know, I know I didn't ruin your day. Did no, I? DC, <laughs> DC. I just don't understand them. 
just now they came, they knocked it out of the park with Fandome a couple of weeks ago. Now they're gonna turn around and do this. Well, you have to remember, Fandome probably had all the stuff lined up and it was ready to go before Wonders made all the cuts. Right. So it was like, you've got it on the slate, you got to go with it. So. Anyway, those are our news items. Let's get to the show and tell. We got some goodies this week. Oh, too. yeah. All right. Mad Men, you want to give me some camera? Give me some camera. Love. Comic cam. Comic <laughs> cam. All right. First up on the block, Batman 197 by Enos. I love the fact that this is the Batgirl Catwoman um, cover. That's a pretty book. And that's actually a very, uh, that's like before Selena gets that weird purple costume, too. Yeah. I like that. I like that cover a lot. That's a great cover. Yeah, that's that's a great book. And then, keeping with tonight's subject, he has Batman, Whatever Happened to the Cape Crusader by Neil Gaiman and Andy Kubert as artist. You know, and it's funny, I haven't read this book. Um, I didn't know he had done a Batman story, so I'm going to have to go pick this up and read it. Yeah, I might have to read that too. Um, Hey, look at this. We actually know someone who has a copy. Maybe we'll just borrow it from (laughs) him. And also, another one that we brought in, or this is I brought in, since we did announce that there is going to be a new Eternals, I brought in the hardback collection of Neil Gaiman's Eternals. Very cool. If you have not read this, by the way, this is actually a really great story. Um, I'm actually rereading it, um, because the way it starts off, none of the Eternals knew who they are, with the the exception of Icarus. Mm. Um, or uh, Icarus, I guess. How he, Icarus, <laughs> I think they call him. But it's name. funny because he goes to everybody in the book, and he starts off with Macari, who in the book is called Mark Curry. And he's uh, you know, an intern at a hospital. One of my favorite comedians, by the way. And he's trying to tell him, you know, <laughs> you're not just this, this hospital intern. Um, so where was I going with this? Oh, but you know what's the great story about this? So it's a hardcover book. I want to say this is like a $40, $50 book. You know how I got this? Let me guess, I, Ollie's. No, <laughs> no, not, not Ollie's. I have a subscription poll over at Mile High Comics. And several years ago, they had this sale slash special. If you ordered X number amount, they would give you this book free. Wow. So I went ahead, did that minimum purchase, and they sent me this as a free, as a free book. Well, you know how to get all the deals. And I was like, man, that's, dog, that's really you. good. And then Madman brought in, let go of that. Sorry, Madman, the... Uh, Stupid Eternals doesn't want to let it go. Um, from PC Comics, Time Force number one. I really loved PC Comics back that. in the day. <laughs> they had amazing. They had Twisted Tales, Tales of the Sunrunners, um, Somerset Holmes. They were a great independent company, and these guys were before you had um, Image and Boom and yep. Dynamite and all that. I mean, right. back then you had these guys. I think you had Innovation, you know, trying to make a dent. Um, you had First Comics out there. Unfortunately, none of those guys made it, but right. PC was a great company at the time. It was Pacific Comics, wasn't it? Yes. Yep, Pacific Comics. Um, I mean, after all, you know, <clears throat> DC and, uh, and Marvel were both based out of New York back in the 80s when this, when this came out. Right. So that, that's actually a great book, Madman. Who's, I wonder who did the art on that art. It's great. The art is good. I was looking through that yeah, book that's, earlier. That's I can't remember. Cover. I like that cover. Yeah. The nice. art in there is really good. Um, well, I'd never read it before. I mean, so it's in pretty good condition. Yeah. But um, that was one of those comic books that apparently had some sort of uh, uh, biblical tinge to it. Okay. Mm. And so uh, that was the kind of thing that I had... Uh, you know what I, I love about you know what I love about this cover. I'm going to put it back up here. It looks like something Don Newton did. 
not right. just not to Don Newton, the fact that it's got that great um, 50s, 60s sci-fi pulp look about it. That's right. It. Yeah. Absolutely. I would have bought that off the rack in a heartbeat. Oh, I, I would have bought it off the rack, yeah. too. Yeah. It's yeah, got a dollar cover price. Cover Madden and Mayo will give you five bucks for it. No. I mean, that's more than it's worth, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I do want to keep it. You know? All right. Hey, Tommy, Olivia, what do you guys got? All right. You uh, go ahead. Do you want me to go first? You want to go first? Okay. You so go I ahead. Continuing with me. I have Spawn number nine, which is written by Neil for uh, Todd McFarlane back in, in the 90s. He created the, uh, the cover character there of Angela, as well as uh, two, other, two other characters in the book. And we'll be talking about this probably a little bit later on tonight with, with the, uh, everything that came of this. I remember seeing that on the rack. Yep. Yep. Insane. I had the first, like, 20 Spawn comics, I think. I actually really liked it in the beginning. And then, you know. So, you know... The miniseries Age of Ultron brings Angela into the MCU. Yep. Yes. So. Sure Pro- does. Probably one of the only good things about that series. Actually, no. Neil, I, I take that back. Age of Ultron was actually a really good series. I liked it. Was it. A bad series. It, was no. the, it was the whole midway through being uh, realizing that it was basically shelling, or shelling you for other series that are about to come out, and they hadn't even finished that one yet. And you're like, really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Olivia. I have. Here we go. 181, the first Poison Ivy. Uh-huh. Uh, you know what? I don't feel so bad because I have one. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh that go. looks good. I, from yeah, from what nice I can tell you, I think that's better looking than yours, Randy. <laughs> uh, mine's a 4.5. Is that graded? It isn't graded. I challenge you to get that nice book copy. graded. I think it looks better than a 4.5. Yeah, it probably does. It'll, it'll, <laughs> yeah. it'll come, be, come back and That's be like an 8.5 or something. I'll be like, damn, okay. <laughs> All right. So tonight's subject um, is actually Mr. Neil Gaiman. Um, Olivia, I know that you are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs when it comes to Neil. So you go ahead and lead us off. All right. Um, for those of you that don't know, if you're not familiar with Neil Gaiman, I mean, he's pretty much a common household name at this point, I feel like, but he is both a published author in, in novels. He does a lot of work on comic books. Um, several of his stories have been transferred into Netflix films. Um, Amazon Prime did a couple of his stories, et cetera. He's written children's books. So he's a pretty influential author across the board. Um, he was born in Hampshire, UK, but he lives in the U.S. now. He's mostly a fantasy author. He does a lot of um, biblical references in his work. So Lucifer, for instance, is one of his series, um, but he also does children books like Coraline is one of his most popular movies geared towards kids. Um, but for the most part, he's definitely like kind of a fantasy author if you're into that genre at all. Which um, we'll talk a, about those, a couple of his fantasy novels. Okay, cool. Perfect. Um, he is a big proponent of reading, obviously, because he's a published author, but he also does a lot of work like charity work with libraries because he contributes his love of libraries and his influences by his local librarians for his love of reading and writing. So I think that's super cool because we wouldn't have any honestly half the stuff in the dc universe at this point i feel like without the santa comics he's created um he started out just as a journalist in england he published a couple of biographies one for duran duran another one for douglas adams um he's kind of a critic of his own work which is interesting um but 
he's moved away from that more so in recent years. I think as he's gained popularity, especially with the DC universe, his first DC book was actually not anything to do with Sandman, though, interestingly enough. It was called Black Orchard, and that was pretty well received, uh, but his breakout role was definitely with Sandman in the early 90s. And Black Orchard, that was only three issues, right? Yeah, it was a very short, kind of one-off miniseries almost that got him into the DC network and and got his name up there but Sandman was definitely his claim to fame well i want to i want to jump back for just one moment for what <clears throat> what he did before he did black orchard um and i didn't know this um he took over writing miracle man after frank moore left it um and the reason i bring this up is because miracle man was a re- kind of a really groundbreaking superhero over at eclipse comics right had that company not folded that book could very well still be going today. Oh, yeah. And we might be talking about Neil Gaiman in regards to Miracle Man and not Sandman. Right. So, and I think Marvel actually, a couple years ago, started a new Miracle Man series, and they reprinted the original Eclipses at the beginning of it and then started up with the original stories after that. Is that right, Olivia? Yeah, I believe so. I, I don't know of any that I've read or seen lately, but it does sound familiar. So, Wasn't there a big thing with Miracle Man, uh, who had the rights to it and what have you? Because he was used to be called Marvel Man, right, right. Mm-hmm. And 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 I actually think part of what happened was Marvel, of all people, sued them over the name, which is why it became Miracle Man. So, so how fitting that Marvel's the one who picked up the series years later. But yeah, I did not know this um, until I was reading about Neil. I'm thinking, huh. Because I started thinking about it, had because Eclipse was one of those companies, just like Pacific Comics and Innovation and First, had they not folded, that book could very well be going today. Didn't Eclipse have Grendel? Matt, Matt, Matt Wagner's Grendel? I do not know. Um, unfortunately, there was such a glut of those independents there for a right. while, it was really hard to keep track of. Right. So, But anyway, his work on Black Orchid, um, Orchid, Karen Berger at DC Comics was actually responsible at Vertigo for getting him on um, Sandman. And she said, do with it what you want. This is the same woman who DC just let go of last year. And Sandman was in an absolutely incredible series. If you, if you have not read this, you know, check it out. It is great. I'm going to have to um, break down and read that. But I will tell you, I have watched... A few episodes of Lucifer. I like that actor because he was he played a doctor on a USA TV series a few years before, and that got canceled. And very very interesting show. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. So Sandman, I, that's one of the series that I've been going back and rereading. I think I'm on book five or six right now. Which I'm going to be honest, um, the trade paperback number six. That's kind of a lull in the series. I feel because the stories are all mm-hmm. one shot, self contained. Right. Um, but very early on, like in the very first arc, um, after Morpheus has freed himself from his captivity, I'm not going to tell you how this happens. Okay. Um, but it's funny because he goes looking for his three powerful talismans that granted him his power, only to find out that one of them was basically purchased by a demon in hell. So he goes to get it, and in the process, embarrasses Lucifer. And so he has to you know, get out of hell, right? Mm. But then there's a story later on when you find out that um, a mortal woman who was in love with them or let me flip back. 
he ended up actually falling in love with a mortal woman who realized, well, wait a minute, I can't marry you. You're not human. You're, you know, you're an endless. So he condemns her to hell for all eternity and realizes, oops, that's my bad, you know, because he gets told, Morpheus, that was bad. You you need to go rescue her. And he's like, okay, but this means I I have to go back to hell and Lucifer's not pleased with me. Um, And this is a great arc because Lucifer finds out that Morpheus is coming back because all his demons are like, oh, great. It's going to be a battle royale now, right? Right. And Morpheus gets there and everybody's gone. You're like, where is everybody? And this, this is the, the arc where he did, where, where Lucifer decides, he's like, you know what? I'm done being Right. Here. And Lucifer's I'm like, oh, I let him all go. I'm done being like the king of hell. He's like, do yeah. what? <laughs> and he gives, Lu- he gives Morpheus the keys to hell. It's a really great arc. So. Yeah. <laughs> and that's basically where the Lucifer TV show picks up because the, the cool thing about the show is... Lost you, Olivia. Hey, look, she pulled a Tommy. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we we lost you there. You said the cool thing about the show, you. and then you froze. Oh, okay. Did I? Am I still here? Yes. Okay. Again. All right. Cool. Oh. <laughs> um. Anyway, it's just loosely based off the series. Um. But it's it's a really good show. It's actually one of my favorites, and I cannot recommend Sandman enough. I mean, it is so crucial to pretty much everything that happens in the DC universe. Um. As mentioned, but that's that's a whole other soapbox I can go off. <laughs> <laughs> well, also limit. Remember, good he, show, definitely. He, he introduced. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a huge Neil Gaiman geek. So, well, he also you're, brings you're uh, um, Death as Morpheus' sister, and, and mm-hmm. she's a really great character. She gets so popular, she gets her own uh, miniseries, High Cost of Living. Yep. Which is actually really good, and it's funny because yeah, was say, that was very popular in its own right. In the very early episode, episodes got in the very early issues. She's really a minor character, right? You don't see a whole lot of her. So, although that is another great one where uh, <laughs> Morpheus allows himself to be suckered into a bet, <laughs> and Death shows up. And she's like, basically, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> so that's a great one too. That's the one where the guy refused to die, right? No, no, no. Okay, no. That that was another one where um, his other siblings, uh, the other endless, um, had a bet um, with Morpheus that what was it? Couldn't give him his dream. Right. Oh, that and that's. I'm gonna have to go back. So, no, the one about the guy. I'm who, gonna have to go back and read The guy that refused to die. That's another great. And it's another one self-contained story. He just decides he's not gonna die, and he's sitting in his tavern in England, like in like 1300 something. And death, or death, Morpheus just happens to be sitting in a tavern and goes, really? You're not going to die? Like, nope, it's a stupid business. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> like, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't I meet you here in 100 years? He's like, all right, sure. This day, 100 years, we'll have a pint. So, of course, you know, Morpheus can't die. 100 years later, he goes to the tavern, and there's that guy yes. sitting there having a pint. <laughs> and, and Morpheus is like, I'll be damned. He didn't die, <laughs> right? So they go ahead. They, they have their pint. They talk. And Morpheus is like, same time, 100 years? And the guy's like, yep, yeah, you got it. And... So that's a great story, too. Mm-hmm. Also, too, and, and this is, I was reading this, and I, I know I'm just going to piss off so many people with this one right yeah. now. He also wrote the Books of Magic in 1990, um, which was, now, now tell me if you've heard this story before. Mm-hmm. It's a four-part miniseries, which was a tour of the mythological and magical areas of the DC universe um, about an English teenager who discovers that he is destined to be the world's greatest wizard. Sound familiar to anyone? Oh anyone my at God. all? Harry Potter. Right now, you know what's great about this? Predates Harry Potter by yeah. seven years. Yeah. 
which means Miss Rowling ripped them off. Big time. Wait for the uh, hate mail. I don't know. I mean, because I can make, <laughs> I can make an argument about why I I haven't read any Neil Gaiman. Okay. But when Neil Gaiman started becoming rising in popularity, I really wasn't interested in what he was creating because I had just finished devouring a whole bunch of Douglas Adams. I just finished devouring a bunch of Pierce Anthony books, and for some reason, I was kind of like. Uh, not into that kind of genre anymore because I had just I had had the steady diet of the, that kind of thing, and so um, I, I would argue that you know so, you know you can miss out on it because you know of something else that you've been reading. Okay, but and uh, and, and, and man, let me say mad props on Pierce Anthony, great great writer. I do love me some Xanth novels, fantastic stuff. Well, oh I, yeah, I, but I, he I read... really starts going out the deep end by like the eighth or ninth book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't really like. I like smell. I read spell, spell for chameleon. For, yeah, spell for chameleon. I read that, and I read one really interested in that, but I really did like the Incarnations and Immortality series, and I just devoured it, and then like a bunch of people was like, oh, well, what else are you reading? And it's like, who's this Neil Gaiman guy everyone's talking about? And they're like, well, I'll, I just read, you know, the Incarnations and Immortality by Pierce Anthony, and it's like, well, it's, it's kind of like that, and I'll, you know, it, it's sure, and so I was never really interested in reading that kind of stuff. I got it. But here's the thing, though. If and I might be mistaken on this, I'd have to look. The kid in the um, Books of Magic even has glasses like Harry Potter. I mean, it's almost a direct ripoff. But well, I'm not going to go there. But, I mean, if you <laughs> have so, you seen the movie Swingers? You Swingers? No. Uh, in the movie Swingers, it's, uh, it's uh, Vince Vaughn and, uh, what's his name? Uh, Happy from Daredevil. Um, John Favreau. John Favreau I movie. I just saw that the other night. Yeah. <laughs> that was on the other night. They what had... is Mark wanting to read when we're done? Uh, a bio uh, of a space tyrant. It was oh, the Eternals, I think. Yeah. Gotcha. But uh, what was I talking about? The uh, John Favreau Swinger. movie. Yeah, Swingers. And there's a scene in that movie where they start, like, they're playing cards, and they start, like, uh, it's, a, it's a Scorsese kind of shot where it zooms around the table behind everybody, get a bunch of these shots, and the conversation they're having is that everybody copies off of everybody in cinema. Everyone co copies Scorsese and stuff like that. And I think that's true about um, uh, writers in many ways. You know, it's like you talk about anybody who's written any kind of fantasy tale since Tolkien has been influenced by Tolkien. Oh, yeah. You right. Know, it's right. just like anybody who starts a band has been influenced by Led Zeppelin. Right. You and, know? Well, you, and you make the classic argument that my uh, drama teacher used to say, there are no new stories, just new ways of telling them. That's right. So. True. True. I like true. that. But uh, another thing that Gaiman did, and I didn't know this, I need to find this. In fact, I'm going to come look at your back issue, Ben. Apparently, in DC <laughs> Secret Origins, he did a Poison Ivy tale. So, yeah, I, that's got to be good. So oh, yeah. I got to go looking for that one. And I didn't yeah. know this. Do you know he also did an adaptation of Sweeney Todd? No, I did not. That, that I didn't know. That's actually got to be pretty uh, out there, too. So I don't know who he did it for. So I need to um, pub taboo. Anyway, going to have to find that one as well. I might go eBay looking for that mm -hmm. one. Um, and then, of course, um, didn't know this also. He apparently did a um, Tales of the White Wolf, which is about a boy's fascination with the Michael Moorcock and the Elric series. So, oh, is that the one with Liam Neeson? Might be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Sandman Book of Dreams. So, yeah, he actually does a lot of great comic stuff that people just don't know because... 
you say, Neil Gaiman, Sandman. That's like that's, that's what everybody yeah. gets. And you don't realize that he had. Well, for instance, whatever happened to the Cape Crusader? I didn't know he had done that one. Yeah. Um, until I read the article, I'm thinking he did a Batman story. Yeah. But I'm going to go find the Secret Origins Poison Ivy story. Um, so what was great is um, Olivia. Did you see what he said about why he likes to do comics? Um, I pulled a couple quotes, but I'll let you go through it. Oh, no, I'm come on. Sure he's, he's your man. You go ahead. Go for it. He's your baby. <laughs> um, he's your well, Tom I mean, King. I pulled mine mostly about, like, why he was so into fantasy. <laughs> You're killing me, man. <laughs> I'm trying to stay focused. <laughs> I'm sorry, Liz. Anyway. Um... <laughs> He was very influenced by reading like Lord of the Rings in in um I'm sorry uh, C.S. Lewis growing up, so that is why most of his books center around biblical influences because that was always what he was influenced by, and so he I'm not quite sure exactly what you were talking about, Randy, but what I was taking away from everything I was reading about him is he incorporated his fantasy elements with his biblical references and just wanted to create this huge universe all the time. Not unlike what Stephen King does. Right. Absolutely. There is one quote here from Gaiman that I just absolutely love because this is so Madman will probably have a word for it here. He says, when I was working on Sandman, I felt a lot of the time that I was actually picking up a machete and heading out into the jungle. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Like it. <laughs> it's like, okay, let me see what I can kill and bring back today. <laughs> exactly. So it's um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, so he actually wrote two series for Marvels. Obviously, one the internals that I brought in, which is, I said is really great. But he also wrote Marvel 1602. Which is a great series. I didn't know that was him either. And I remember reading that also. You know what? That makes it so bad. I've looked right at that book and I forgot that he did that. Yeah. Well, that's a great series. That was a a great story. I can't believe I forgot C.S. Lewis. I was, but I'm not, well, just so that you know, when you were talking about Tolkien, Tolkien, uh, Tolkien, um, C.S. Lewis popped in my head because that's right, because um, the Lord of the Rings and all of that. Is right on par with the Chronicles of Narnia. Absolutely, influence. Yeah, yeah, influence big by, time. By C.S. Lewis. So, so look, I didn't say it, but we were thinking it. Okay. okay. I would. <laughs> so that's some of us. Well, that's com- a whole other. I can go off on a whole other tangent on that because those are my other two favorite authors, basically. Oh, nice. she got two Tom but- Kings. <laughs> <laughs> she likes good. She likes good art. Yeah. Who can blame her? Yeah. I didn't realize that uh, for that. Um, week that Wednesday comics that DC was doing, he did a Metamorpho series. Meta, yeah, you know that, the whole yeah. Element really man. doesn't get enough love. Well, it's, it's Metamorpho doesn't get enough. No, love. he doesn't. Well, he's not very pretty, no, he he, right? He, that's, he's an interesting character, and I bet you, I bet you Neil really did well by him. And his I, girl's his girl's dad really doesn't like him. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Well, well Simon Stagg is responsible for why he looks the way he does. Yeah, and so, yeah. And, and and like DC doesn't do it because Metamorpho falls in one of those characters that's a great character, but nobody knows what the hell to do with him. Right. Yeah. He's like Firestorm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely that's right. Thought that came to my G- mind. Great character. What do I do with this guy? Right. Yeah. Um, so that's his comic works. Let's talk about some of his actual novels, because I have one more. If I can, like, interject. Oh, go one absolutely. Thing I didn't mention it. Um, 
so Sandman in 1991, super important to note, one of his issues, it became the first comic book ever to actually receive a literary award. Right. Now, that's which, a huge impact on comics. Yeah, which story arc deal. is that? That's a big deal. That's one of his first runs in Sandman. I have to figure yep. out. I didn't write down the title. I'm sorry. Is that the new I wrote down the date. Well, I'm up to volume six, so I'm, I've am i probably read the one at one. Yeah, you may want to look at that It would have been, I think, volume one at most. What is that? Like the first six issues or something? Right, right. It, it was right. So Sandman came out in like the, the very late 80s, early 90s was right. when it had its rise to fame. So well, maybe think, volume two or so. Yeah, I think around that time they started giving out awards to things like uh, the Watchmen got an award and the... Uh, mm-hmm. Where like where people started realizing that you know comic books aren't just for kids you know there it's it's yeah. a right it Absolutely. can be a, a true art form literary art form and I think that, that was very important for all of us as lovers of fiction whether it be comic books or you know C.S. Lewis or whatever. Well, it's also really great too because now there's a lot of um, and let's be honest. Neil Gaiman's writing paved the way for for what I'm about to say. A lot of really great non-superhero movies that were made from a comic book that people don't realize was originally a comic book. Um, for instance, how many people know that Road to Perdition is based off a comic? Yep, I know that. Yeah, I didn't know that for a while. And that's a great story. Mm-hmm. Not a superhero in that one. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think even watching Lucifer or something on Netflix, like most people realize that that's a comic. Right. Are y'all getting a check from Netflix? I, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Have I talked about it enough? Have I mentioned it's like one of my favorite right. shows? I think I said that about four times. No, Mad Men, when we all come in with t-shirts with the Netflix logo, then you know we're getting a check from Netflix, okay? As long as you pay for I'm your I'm open to sponsorships. Time. I'll take it. Right, absolutely. Um, so, also, so going back, let's get back to his books. Because... Um, He's huge into fantasy. One of my favorite books by his, by him, I mean, they actually made a movie about this too, which sadly wasn't quite up to snuff, but uh, Stardust. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a, and a lot of people don't realize that was a Neil Gaiman book. Yep. Um, so what I really like about Stardust is the way it opens is you have this village. Didn't it get made into a movie? Oh, yeah. With Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle yeah, Pfeiffer yeah, yeah. plays a star, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, you have yeah, this village. And every year there's this big festival out in this pasture slash field, what have you, with this brick wall. And there's like two guards who stand there and guard the wall. Well, you find out that on the other side of the wall is basically fairyland. And the hero of our story, Tristan Thorne, you find out is a mixed breed. He's human and and fairy. Um, So one night he sees a star crash and it crashes into fairyland. So he sneaks out to the pasture and he's going to go through the wall and he managed to go find a star which we find out is actually a living being um and i'm not going to give anything away you got to go get stardust um anyone else want to say anything about it i thought it was claire danes not michelle pfeiffer yes claire danes there you go mm-hmm. Mich- yeah. michelle pfeiffer yeah. plays the michelle queen right yeah she's in it though yes michelle pfeiffer's in it she plays the now, see i never i never read the, the book stardust so i i enjoyed the movie greatly i thought it was great yeah our fan our fan our fan mark really liked it too yeah, that is a, a fantastic book. I really loved it. He won the Newbery Award for the Great the Carnegie and the Newbery Medal That's for it. the Graveyard Book. Yeah, you're right. Okay. That's a good book. <laughs> I remember when we was kids growing up in school, we knew a book was great when it had, had the that, big, that Newbery Medal on it. That big Newbery Medal on there. Absolutely. <laughs> 
So I'm trying to remember who played Tristan Thorne in the movie. Well, Stardust? Yes. Hold on. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm a guy, so I don't remember the male actors. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I barely remember that Michelle Pfeiffer's in it, but... Uh, I barely know the difference between Joe Rogan Charlie and The Rock. Charlie Cox. There you go. That's it. Who was it? Daredevil. Oh, the same guy played Daredevil? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Another great one of his, up. and I'll bet you Olivia knows this one. I'm just, I'm just going to say the word, uh, the title, and see if she pops up. Neverwhere. That's a good one. That's a good <laughs> one. But honestly, I don't like it as much as I loved Good Omens, and which he co-wrote with, with Terry, Terry Pratchett. Pratchett. Yes. It's uh, that's again one of my favorite books. I keep saying that, but it's true. I have yet to read um, Good Omens. Maybe I should add that to my list. Yeah, I have a. I actually have like three copies, so I can bring you one. <laughs> <laughs> but Neverwhere and Neverwhere um, was actually a series on BBC. What I'm that not, I didn't know. Yeah. Well, what I'm confused on, what I was reading is that the book was based off the TV series, and I thought it was the other way around. I thought the series came after the book. So, mm-hmm. but Neverwhere oh, is another great one. Starts off with a uh, gentleman by the name of Richard Mayhew in it. Um, who rescues this young girl? Like you know, he's moved out to Scotland, and he finds out that there's this whole, um, almost kind of just like Stardust, there's this whole other subculture underneath the streets of London that you know doesn't fit in with the rest of the modern world. So that one's really great. It's like Labyrinth, right? Exactly. Another and another great one too, which I believe is also a TV show, and I would have to look up who. Um, American Gods. Yeah, mm-hmm. is his. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I- think it's HBO. I really want to say it's like HBO yeah, or Stars. I think that's You're probably right. his work that is uh, most known by the average layperson. Who like most people who have who have any contact with Neil Gaiman is probably through American Gods. Right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Y'all were talking about Stardust. Listen to the lineup that was in this movie. Other than Claire Danes, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Charlie Cox, Mark Strong, yep, Savannah himself. Robert De Niro, yep. Rupert Everett, Inspector Gadget, Ricky Gervais, love that guy, Sienna Miller, the late, great Peter O'Toole, wow. and Magneto himself, Sir Ian McKellen, Yeah, it's a- who narrated the movie. I once knew. Let me stop. Yeah. <laughs> and Henry Cavill was in this movie. Yeah, see, now I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that because... I haven't seen it I've in never a couple. Seen of, it. I haven't seen it in a couple I think years. It's on Netflix right now. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> I'm gonna go out and I sold that. out. That's right. You are such a W. Um, but well, because he's Madman lowercase. Well, and it's funny because I remember seeing the ad or uh, the trailer in the theater, and I think I'm the only person who went woo. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was like, what? I'm like, God, that, that was a great that. book. <laughs> I would like to have been in the movie theater and saw that. I would have been no good. Well, it takes you back to those days in the 80s when the only thing you had in the, in the, in the theater, the only movie you had in the theater was Swamp Thing. Yeah. And right. you're like, well, I guess I'm going to see that. And you're mm-hmm. telling all your friends, I'm going to see that. And they're like, I don't want to see that. And it's like, but it's based on a comic book. It's Swamp Thing, man. It's Swamp Thing. Yeah, Swamp Thing. I had I had to do that for our, our fan Mark out there uh-huh. because that's how the TV show The Neighbors and Dick Buckus would always go woo. <laughs> Have you ever seen The Neighbors? <laughs> Neighbor, Neighbors was a good show. Too bad. <laughs> All right, so Neil Gaiman, uh, Olivia, I actually learned a lot about this guy. I am going to go look for the secret origins of 
for poison ivy, you know what's going to happen, right? Mm. She's going to go in the shop tomorrow and go looking for it and mark them up like $10 That's a totally piece. Like, and, yeah. And, they, <laughs> and, they, and the whole time, nah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I used to do Olivia. <laughs> Mark right. expects us to watch Stardust before next week. <laughs> uh, you know I can what? I can download that puppy tonight and, and rewatch it too. Um, so anyway, uh, that is all the time we have for tonight. Um, really great um, topic, Olivia. Thank you for bringing this one up. Want to remind everybody, um, Shock Monkey Radio by Mad Men every Thursday night from 6 to 7 p.m. here on FXBG Public Radio. Yeah. We have our facebook.com slash lost in a long box where we start posting stuff out there and i need to get a little more consistent with doing that you guys got help too, by the way <laughs> uh drop us a line at lost in the long box at gmail.com and then we also have patreon.com slash fxbg public radio for all our shows here we have our facebook groups batman yesterday today and forever realm of superheroes comics and pop culture and gather together the greatest superhero teams rest of fourth facebook page at Ah, uh, right. <laughs> he looked at me like, "Damn it, Randy!" All right, <laughs> until next time, everybody have a good week. We will see you next week. Yes, sir. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night.